Can somebody block for the rookie QB? Zach Wilson showed some flashes in his NFL debut, but the Jets ultimately lost to the Panthers Sunday 19-14 to open the season 0-1. We dissect a brutal showing from Gang Green's offensive line, dive into Wilson's outing, the defense, Sam Darnold's showing, and the impact of Makai Becton's injury. We also look back at week one in the betting and fantasy world, as the post Jeremy Layton joins the show. So come on down and join us for a please block for Zach edition of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, Jets beat writer Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio, Brian Koz. Read Koz's coverage in the Jets at nypost.com or in your newspaper. We'll get to Jeremy Layton later on as we talk betting and, and fantasy from week one. But Koz, overall, a disappointing game from the Jets. The positives to take, Zach Wilson had his moments. I mean, the pass to Corey Davis was sensational for the touchdown. He had, you know, resilience down the stretch. He showed some poise for a kid in his first start, getting the Jets to even within a possession in a game where they looked dead. And in the past, you know, this team would fall and die last year. But this year, they did show some life. They had a chance in the final minutes. He showed poise. But the grand takeaway from this 1914 loss to the Panthers on Sunday to Sam Darnold, who had a all-world first half, 17-22, two touchdowns, of course, to Robbie Anderson, and of course, rushing one himself, was that this Jets offensive line, cause is terrible. <laughs> yeah, Jake, and it's really what we saw in training camp, and we were trying to, you know, you kind of try to tell the fans, this this offensive line looks shaky, and then, they, and then they would see the preseason games where they were facing backups against the Giants, backups against the Packers, uh, and then they played their own backups against the Eagles. And everyone said, hey, no, what are you talking about? They look fine. You know, Zach Wilson didn't get touched by the Giants. He didn't get touched by the Packers. Well, if you were watching the practices, Zach Wilson didn't get touched, but only because he had a red jersey on. <laughs> and, and this offensive line has had protection issues from the start. And really, Jake, this is three years now where the offensive line has really been bad. I, I just looked up a stat. They gave up six sacks yesterday. They've done that five times in the last three years, at least six sacks. They had only done it five times between 2010 and 2018 total, five times. And those weren't great football teams, some of those, but the offensive line was much better. I don't know how you fix it, Jake. Um, I really don't because you're not going to get new players at this point. So they're going to have to just try to work together and figure this stuff out in practice and, and just you know get more reps together because they just look out of sync. Um, you know, it's the same same thing we saw for the last two years when when teams blitz them, when teams do games up front where they're running twists and stunts. This offensive line can't handle it. And, you know, the last hit on Zach Wilson, that last sack, Jake, I didn't think he was getting up. I was shocked that he got up because he, he got driven into the ground by Derek Brown on that play. And not only did he get up, he threw a completion right after that. I mean, it was... And threw a touchdown. Two two plays later was the, the pass to Corey Davis. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was a dead man walking. I thought it was concussion something. And uh, that's when I'm talking about the poison, the guts. That moment, I'm like, wow, that kid got right up. And I was like, please, not Mike White season. I mean, I was like, please. <laughs> I was like, I can't. It's week one, cause I can't be talking about Mike White every week after season. You know, they were fighting for the first pick. That would have been a train wreck. But it makes you think, uh, you know, I, I know they're not ready to win, but it makes you think, 
they might have to get a competent backup because if this O-line keeps going the way it is, Zach Wilson might not make it to midseason. Here's what Joe Douglas or Robert Sala would say to you, Jake, if you said that. Who do you want? Who do you want them to get? Uh, can we get our buddy Josh McCown to come out of retirement? <laughs> I love Josh, but it's been a while since he played, and you know I, I'm not sure he's going to win you a lot of football games at this point right now, especially with this team. But is there anyone out there who can they get? Who's, no, no, yeah. there's no one out there. I mean, that's the answer. I've had this conversation with people inside the Jets. I've I had it in July with people in the Jets for you know, and I said, and they said, who do you want us to get? And I'd say, well, how about Nick Foles? And they said, well, you know, the Bears are not; they were not willing to eat his contract which, you know, he, he has, I, I think it's $4 million this year, $4 million next year maybe. But, you know, he, he's getting paid a, quite a bit of money. And they also, someone told me they, they wanted a really good draft pick for him. They weren't just going to give him away. And look, Nick Foles is still on the Bears. The season has started. So they weren't lying, you know. Like, I mean, if Nick Foles was available and at a reasonable price, somebody would have picked him up in training camp. You know, the Colts would have traded for him when Wentz went down or something. So there's really just no one out there, Jake. And... Um, you know, this is the way it works. Players are signed. The, the, the good players are signed in March. Decent players are signed in April. And then the rest of it is kind of you're picking from the bargain bin. So I wonder if the Bears cause will get desperate in a couple of weeks or teams will get desperate and maybe offer. I don't know about a first round, second maybe. round pick for no, Foles. No, but Foles no. isn't going to touch the field this year with the Bears. No. Why is he there? If they trade him, their salary cap implications, trading him, cutting him. So, you know, they gave him a pretty big contract when he went there. Uh, I think they reworked his deal from Jacksonville, and there are salary cap implications. So uh, you have to factor that in. But really, Jake, I think they'd also ask you, you know, how many games realistically are the Jets going to win with Nick Foles at quarterback, right? Um, maybe the same Let's as say, Zach. They might win five or six with Foles. I mean, we've seen him do pretty uh, – I guess with this offensive line, maybe not. But. Four years ago, four years ago, Jake, yeah. he was terrible in Jacksonville. He was terrible with the Bears last year. Like, he's if he was a good quarterback, he would be a starter or at least a second string. He's third string quarterback right now. So people – people like, he's a name. You know him. You saw what he did in the Super Bowl. Like, Mike White might be just as good as Nick Foles right now. Uh, we don't know. We haven't seen my, enough of Mike White. So I think that that would be their argument too is just like if Zach Wilson goes down, they're not winning many games no matter who's back there. So it doesn't really matter who's quarterbacking this team if they lose Wilson. Yeah, and I won't dive too heavy. You know, there's a lot more fish to fry right now than yeah. the backup quarterback. And, you know, the starter, you know, let, let's start with him, Kaz. And, you know, started one for 11 when he had more than two and a half seconds to throw, which, you know, didn't feel like much. 35 yards in an interception. And then he finished... Eight for nine, 153 yards with a touchdown when he had more than a two and a half seconds to throw. And uh, he's the first Jets QB since Geno Smith to throw for 250 yards in the opener. So all things, you know, all things said, I thought he was he was impressive. And I thought he showed a lot of moxie in his first game on the road. You know, CMC lit it up against the Jets defense. Darnold played well in the first half. You're in a 16 nothing hole at halftime. He could have folded and had a terrible second half, but he found Corey Davis. You know, he's finding Braxton Barrett a few times it felt like you know 2020 again so for a first start on the road I think Jets fans should be you know beside you know offensive line not be encouraged but Zach Wilson going to the home opener against the Patriots as they are coming off a loss two teams going off a loss and we'll talk about that game on Thursday I think Jets fans should be you know feeling pretty positive on this Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go overboard. I, I do think there was positive signs there like you said I, I and mean, when he had time to throw you can see the talent right like some of his throws make you say, wow, 
Uh, you know, he can he can throw a fastball when he needs to. And I thought, you know, he had the bad throw that was in an interception by Shaq Thompson, but he just didn't put enough on the ball. I think you can live with that. That wasn't a mental mistake, more of a physical mistake. You know, and like you said, the moxie was there, clearly. He showed a lot of toughness. And look, Jake, we talked about it coming out of BYU. He wasn't touched at BYU last year because they played weak competition. They had a really good offensive line. So when you watch that BYU tape last year, like, oh, my God, this kid has all day to throw. What's going to happen with the Jets? And you saw him yesterday. He had some escapability, you know, like he, he got, they should have had nine or 10 sacks, Jake. Let's be honest. Like he, he avoided a few sacks there. You know, it was impressive how he could move. And then when they gave him time, he, he delivered. And I thought, you're, you're right. The second half, he led two really good drives there and made some plays so um yeah there was positive signs i just you know obviously not ready to put him in canton yet but uh but i i do think there was encouraging signs with with in terms of zach wilson yeah and i think the you know that scrambling play where he had like negative eight yards and it felt like a 20 yard run he, he was getting so rushed and he was going backwards and then he just started running around and you know i think he'll learn that maybe you should just throw that away but he didn't have a lot of time to even think about throwing away but you saw a scrambling that you never saw from Sam Darnold and you know Sam Darnold struggled in the second half but man first half you know he looked good and I don't know if it was more you know the Jets were bad and he was good or he was good and I, I don't know which way it was but you saw Sam Darnold that you didn't see a lot with the Jets and you see what having a line you see what having Moore and Anderson where he connected with on a 57 yard touchdown you see what a lot of good pieces around yeah. him will do for Sam Darnold look I thought Sam looked like the same guy I saw for three years like when when sam has time to operate and open receivers sam can sam is good you know like he that sam will be fine if he has some you know good pieces around him and gets a little time the panthers offensive line is not great they they i think they have good two good tackles the middle is a little he got hit a bunch of times yesterday it was just there was there was somebody open every time and he could get the ball away before he got hit they really didn't sack him that much but it's really the jets jets played a very soft zone defense for most of the day and mccaffrey obviously is a i forget about Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore they're fine receivers Christian McCaffrey is just ridiculous like that guy when he has the ball in his hands is so slippery and he he really was just killing the Jets defense uh yesterday and keeping those drives going yeah and I, I thought there were some you know positive signs from the Jets secondary cause you know I thought uh Eccles was solid you know he led the team with five tackles along with Marcus May I thought these young corners held their own considering we hadn't heard of most of them I thought they held their own yeah. in week one yeah I mean I thought there, you know, I, I think I wrote it last week. Like the the bad games for those Jets corners are going to come when they face Josh Allen, when they face Tom Brady. Uh, I had Ryan Tannehill in that conversation. I, I understood he yesterday did not go well for Ryan Tannehill as well. Maybe Matt Ryan it didn't go well for him either. But like you know, those upper echelon quarterbacks, Sam Darnold is not in that category. So I'm curious to see when they face those teams. But I think they can hold their own again. You know, this week Mac Jones, a rookie, they should be they should be fine against that. And I think Sala and Jeff Ulbrich can scheme to to protect them a little bit, which they did a lot of yesterday. It was a lot of Zone. They didn't ask them to do a lot of man coverage from just from my watching it live. I need to watch the film to know know for sure. But that was my feeling was they were playing a lot of zone. I, I think they protected them a little bit yesterday. Yeah, and you know they surprised me. And CJ Mosley said after the game, number two is going to win uh, the Jets a lot of games. The Jets, you know, fans might uh, have their own number two after watching some of these games. But you know, left tackle cause we got to talk about it. I mean, good lord, I thought 
uh, Makai Becton was done for the year. When I when I saw him coming off the yeah. field, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Early reports are that it's an MCL injury. What do you know about Becton's injury? Yeah, not much, Jake, other than what's been you know out there. You know, I, I, I agree with you. When he went down like he did and he was in as much pain as he did, and you saw his teammates gather around him and pray, that's when I was like, oh, boy. Because the players know on the field. They can tell when it's a big injury versus not. And then, then they carted him to the locker room, and that's never a good sign. So I, I was thinking, is this an ACL? Is it something that could be out for the year? It sounds like it's not. But, you know, he's going to miss some time if it's an MCL, but he'll be back at some point this season. So are we going to see for the next couple of weeks, we're going to see George Fan at left tackle and Morgan Moses at right tackle? Yeah, yeah, that'll be the way it goes. Uh, Because, you know, Makai's been out. He was out with a concussion for a few weeks there. Um, and that's what we were seeing in practice was fan at left tackle and uh, Moses at right tackle. And that's what they did yesterday after the injury. So I, I think that's what you'll see for the next few weeks probably. Was that the talk in the press box between you guys, just how putrid the line looked? And, you know, <laughs> I mean, the run game, I mean, couldn't, they couldn't find a hole. 45 total rushing yards. We saw the mix of different backs. They could not find a hole. They couldn't get burst into the second seam, you know, any with anyone, with whether it was Coleman, yeah. whether it was Carter. Uh, whoever was P Ryan was obviously out a couple injuries Crowder out so we'll see next week if the Jets could get some of those guys back but was that the talk of the town was just you know how little time Zach Wilson had yeah well and like you said the running backs I looked at PFF this morning and the running backs had 0.2 yards per carry before they got hit you know before contact so like hard it's hard if you're Walter Payton back there it's hard to do anything when you're getting hit in the backfield so yeah, I again, they got a lot of work to do to to fix this offensive line, and there's just there's been like a, just a lack of continuity, Jake, and I think that really hurts a line. You know, Elijah Vera Tucker missed a lot of time in camp with a pec injury, then Beckton missed time with a concussion. Now he's going to be out for a while. Fant missed early time on the COVID list. Like I feel like an offensive line needs to just work together for a long time to build up continuity and that just hasn't happened with the Jets and it feels like it's not happening again this year so is this going to get better in a few weeks do you think <laughs> in a few weeks of practice a few games together maybe the growing pains aren't there because listen I think why Jets fans are excited is that they were in this game in the final minutes McCaffrey put the dagger in but you know the Jets make a yeah. couple stops they get the ball back down five chance to win they didn't cover they didn't cover the three and a half they missed the two-point conversion which uh angered some gamblers but uh yeah but you know they almost covered and they almost had a shot you know, CMC is just uh, uh, just absurd. I mean, over 180 yards, you know, rushing, receiving, yeah. doing it all. But I think the positivity around being in the game, d- does this change? Do you think some reps together these coming weeks could turn those losses into wins? Because I think, you you know, I know you changed your pick to a Jets I win, 38-28. Should- uh, oh, terrible you, pick, Jake. You stuck I should have your- stuck with my gut. Yeah, I should have stuck, stuck with, with your gut. gut. I mean, 38 points, God. It would have taken uh, a miracle after seeing that first half. You should have stuck with it. But maybe some <laughs> continuity here they win a couple but i know early on you said you know after i guess since he's picked a win you said like one in five in the first six games yeah yeah i mean yeah i think the early part of the year could be rough they play they play some good teams you know that I, I think the patriots are, are i didn't i haven't seen much of yet what happened yesterday but i, I think the patriots will be good I, the broncos obviously uh hung one on the giants yesterday the titans are probably better than what they showed falcons look like they're they're probably they're down and then they get the patriots again like that's that stretch is pretty tough so i don't think the offense line could look worse than they did yesterday Jake. and you know that was a very talented defensive line they, they got some players there. Brian Burns is good. Hassan Reddick's good. Derek Brown's a first-round pick. So, you know, they, they might not face 
say he's as difficult a task in some of these other games and play better. But I, I think when you look at the Jets, there's so many new pieces. The early part of the season is going to be tough. They're going to have to learn to come together. And, and it's all going to be all about can they stay healthy, Jake? And can they stay together and get that time to work together to kind of build some more continuity and then maybe get better as the season goes on? Will you think we might see Dan Feeney in the 70s porn stash at some point in the few weeks? Uh, I don't think you want to wish for that, Jake. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be nice about Mr. Feeney, but you know, the Jets had three million, three million reasons to keep him on the roster, but it wasn't because of how he looked in training camp. Who would have thought, you know, Matt Amendola is going into Sunday's game. He's like, oh man, I'm ready to kick <laughs> off. I'm ready to make my first field goal. His first kick in the NFL is a punt. I mean, he's yeah. the Jets punter on Sunday. How about that, Cousin? Do we have any update on Braden? Man, is he going to be back for Week Two? Yeah, no update that he had, you know, left knee injury, so it's not his punting leg. So, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, do, do we have a punting controversy, Jake? That's the question right now. I'm a dull I mean, solid, I'm- yeah. It was really good. So uh, I was stunned at how well he punted. And I, I, I don't think these guys practice that. You know, maybe they mess around a little bit at practice and do that. But uh, I don't think he's, he's sitting around trying to punt. Um, you know, not, not that I've ever seen. So that was impressive. And I thought that, I mean, this is a minor point, Jake, but the punt coverage was really good. Like yes. they did a really good job covering punts yesterday. And, and I thought that was a key factor in terms of keeping the Panthers backed up a lot and, and making it hard for them offensively. Yeah. I mean, there were no, you know, there were no big returns at all. And you got to give the Jets no. credit because last year uh, that was a problem at times for them. And I think they look good. I mean, if we wanted, we got to look at positives here because there's going to be losses, but you got to look at the positives. And this whole season is about growth and, and seeing quarterbacks, right. And seeing what's good. And that was one thing that was good good and you know it just felt very Jets like that not only did he get hurt it's his own guy that blocked in him that got hurt the penalty was not roughing the punter it was on the Jets and then the kicker came in a punt I mean I know you were you had some chuckles uh in the box yeah. and I was just I had my face was in the palm of my hand guys yeah I the other thing with the coverage Jake the Jets are gonna have to play field position right this defense is young you don't you saw it yesterday you don't want to give opponents a short field right they the interception set up the field goal for the Panthers then the fourth and one going for it on fourth and one and handing them the ball at the, at the 43 yard line I think it was that then boom Darnold goes 57 yards they take a shot to Robbie Anderson and all of a sudden it's nine nothing so Jets have to play the field position game a lot this season and make teams work for those those points because they have a young defense you don't want to you don't want to hand them a short field a lot yeah poor uh, Amendola I mean didn't even get get an extra point attempt the Jets you know they had to go for two both times so right. he can't even get a kick I mean this guy you know week two you know get your first kick maybe at some point he'll uh get a field goal what was up with Denzel Mims why did he only play three snaps he had the big 40 yard catch on on that final you know the touchdown drive yeah uh what, what was going on with Mims yeah I mean this Mims thing is is really strange Jake um clearly the coaches don't trust him and you know they had issues with him in training camp he was playing third team you know Salah tried to downplay it but it was obvious that the the new coaching staff just isn't they're not fans of his and for whatever reason you know they don't like the way he runs routes They, they, they feel like he needs to kind of be more professional I've heard those things but yesterday Jake you don't have Jameson Crowder you don't have Keelan Cole all right the offense is scuffling pretty pretty well in the first half is nothing's going right you have this guy on your sideline i mean i don't I, I get there might be some issues there might be something but he is talented and he could help your team 
at least play him and give him a shot. Like, he's more talented than Jeff Smith or Braxton Berrios. Like, you're not going to argue with me talent-wise. Maybe those guys do some things better than he does. Maybe they're better route runners. But just put him on the field and let him run a go route. And, th- and let Zach throw the ball up to him, right? Like, you know, and he comes in, he gets one catch for 40 yards, a three, only three plays. And he didn't get on the field until there was like three minutes left in the game, Jake. It, it just, it makes no sense to me. Um, we'll ask the coaches this week. I'm sure we won't get honest answers about it, but uh, I just think you got to give this guy a chance. Uh, it seems like the new coaching staff has kind of written him off and I'm not sure how he gets out of the doghouse. I agree, Kaz. I mean, listen, he does that three times. The Jets win that football game. I mean, you get three catches, three for 120, the Jets win. Uh, It makes me think that there's something off the field or maybe he's not getting the playbook as as good as they hope because it really did make no sense. Crowder, I guess, will be back for next week, right? We'll see. I mean, remember, Crowder had a groin injury before he was on the COVID list. So you got to see how groin injuries can, they can linger. They're like hamstrings. So we got to see where he is with that when he comes, I mean, I, I'm assuming he's going to get off the COVID list here today or tomorrow, something like that. Then we need to see how he is injury-wise. Yeah, I mean, they need him. If they can get him and Cole back and Wilson gets more targets, he'll be in pretty good shape. I am uh, curious to see if the run game could get any better, and that's going to depend on the offensive line. I thought Tyler Croft was solid in uh, in the role he was put in. Three catches, 26 yards. Barrios, obviously, that big final drive. And I think what people were also excited about with Zach Wilson is that connection with Corey Davis. There is clearly... Yeah. Uh, really good chemistry there cause and it's something that's going to be fun to watch and i think we're going to have some Corey davis 150 yard games this year five for 97 two touchdowns and that nice running uh, you know on the run touchdown to his right zach wilson made that throw he's wide open i think that connection is going to be one that will have jets fans excited yeah i think you're, you're right jake and we saw that in training camp as well and and even you saw it in green bay in the preseason game there there's a connection there there's chemistry there and uh Corey davis is just a professional Jake watching him work and, you know, sitting in my seat in the press box, that first touchdown, you can see as soon as Zach started scrambling, Corey Davis went into the scramble rules and he made a beeline for the sideline and no one was with him. And like, I, you know, I was going, oh my God, they got him. They got him because you could see it developing and, and then Zach saw him and, and hit him with the pass. So I think you're right. I think that's going to turn out to be a pretty good signing. And, you know, he could have some big days for the Jets. And that was a tough atmosphere to play. And what was the crowd like? I know you tweeted there were a lot more Jets fans than you expect. I know a, yeah. lot, a lot of people that went uh, made the trip. I wish I could have made it. But what was the atmosphere like down there? It was great. You know, I mean, people are excited to be back in the stadium. And there was, you know, it was really, it was a good atmosphere. And yeah, I mean, I was stunned, Jacob, how many Jets fans were here. You know, it, it hasn't felt like that in a while. And not just because of COVID last year. I just feel like the, the last couple, even before that, the last few years, people weren't traveling as much. So on my flight, there were a lot of Jets fans. And at my hotel, my hotel was just filled with Jets fans, you know, jerseys everywhere and walking to the stadium, tons of Jets fans. So I was surprised at how, how many there were, they, they were there. And yeah, I thought it was a great atmosphere, a beautiful day here in Charlotte. And, you know, it's a nice stadium and right downtown. It's pretty cool. It's right. So you can walk there. I expect that to be carry over the next week, Jake, at MetLife. I, I think that'll be probably a great atmosphere at MetLife next week for, for the Patriots game. Yeah, I do like the Panthers stadium. When I lived down there for a year, I, I went to a few games and it is pretty cool. I went to a Monday night game in there and the atmosphere definitely is special. And you get bow time. 
Did you have your uh, Bojangles experience, guys? I had a little Bojangles post-game, Jake. They had it in the press box. Oh. Uh, I did have a little Bojangles in the press box. Yeah, very strong performance by the by the Panthers PR staff yesterday with the food in the press box. It was pretty well done. Yeah, I know Mr. Hughes is all over the uh, that press box report. <laughs> yeah, Connor likes to rate them. I didn't see his rankings yesterday where he put this, but soft serve ice cream machine, Jake. Uh, like you can't wow. really go wrong with that. Krispy Kreme donuts Whoa. in the press box. Yeah, yeah, it was a carving station. Yeah, it was it was it was a pretty impressive spread yesterday. And you know, the the head of the uh, Panthers PR department is the former Jets PR czar Bruce Spate. He and his staff did a nice job yesterday. Oh wow! So I will be getting a credential for a Panthers game at some point <laughs> uh, for the meals. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's good to hear the atmosphere. Good to see the Jets fans traveling. I think they were eager to get out. I mean, you don't talk about atmosphere. I was at Mets Yankees on Sunday night. My goodness! I mean, that was oh boy, one of the all time great atmospheres for a regular season game I've ever seen. Did you get any any, any fights in the stands? Jake? There were fights. People were thrown at. I didn't. I was laying low, you know, in left field by the pole. I, I was hanging out. It was unbelievable. I mean, fans, anytime people stood up, it was because someone was getting thrown out for something. I didn't see fists being thrown, but I think people were spilling beer. You know, fans have been getting reckless since COVID. Like, I think they're happy to be out, but they also just don't know how to act. And they're just <laughs> acting purely insane. And, you know, I was there Saturday. I was sitting with, you know, okay, it was it was Jake and then Daryl Strawberry and Jeff Nelson. I mean, it was the seven World Series rings around me and uh, devouring food nonstop. And two knuckleheads running on the field, Cause I never understand this. Uh. You basically ruining your life because the video of your face is all over the internet you're probably getting fired from your job you're never getting back in the stadium again i i guess when you're hammered and in the thrill of the moment they think it's cool but the after effects of running on the field and especially a 9-11 like of all the days like the ceremony <laughs> emotions before the game i'm nearly crying uh watching the anthem and everything and then you run on the field i never understood that guys no have you ever seen the video jake of uh the old colts linebacker mike curtis when he tackled the guy he actually just gave him a shoulder like just drilled him it's a great video he, the guy ran out and took the ball really in in a game and so yeah this guy mad dog mike curtis was a colts linebacker in the 70s and he drilled him like you, you look it up on youtube kids i'm sure it's there but it's it's a great it's a, the greatest video ever that like this knucklehead just got drilled when he got out there. well security did a good job of tackling the guy uh on saturday but now i gotta see that i you know those are the real mvps when the security goes out and tackle then yeah. you got the security that's you know trying to grab the cat at yankee stadium and oh. that was an all-time great video i mean my goodness that cat how about the cat how how about the cat the Miami game, Jake? Did you see that video? Yes, yes, yes. Cats are elusive things. They are evil. I hate them. I will never own a cat. Wow. You know, I was talking to a girl recently. She had a cat, and I'm not really talking to her anymore. <laughs> it, it's that bad because I'm never wow. going to go to your your house or your apartment if you have a cat. I think I might be allergic, which might play a part, but you got to tell me if you have a cat or not because you do. It's it's cyanar. I hate to say that. That sounds terrible. But uh, cats are pesky, but, you know, the well, Jets could use a cat and running back to uh, elude <laughs> some of the defenders. But, uh, yeah, no cats, no running in the field. But um, what about the Jets? Let's close with this. What did you see from their front seven, Kaz? Because we didn't talk about that. We talked about the secondary. Yeah. What did you see from the defensive line, linebackers? Obviously, Mosley was back and played pretty decent. And, you know, the second half, maybe the Panthers were gassed, but the defense was terrific in the second half. What did you see from the Jets' front seven? I thought the defensive line played well. Jake, as much damage as McCaffrey did, when they gave him the ball just to run up the middle, it wasn't happening. 
You know, like they they were stout in the middle. I thought John Franklin Myers played really well. You know, and they they hit Sam. Like I said, they were a half second late sometimes, but I don't put that on them. I put that on there was open receivers that he found. So I, I thought they played well. Linebackers, eh, I thought they were a little shaky. Uh, obviously, Jamie and Sherwood got hurt early. So Delshawn Phillips came in, who, you know, only the diehards of the diehards know who Delshawn Phillips is, you know. And, you know, look, McCaffrey did a lot of damage in the middle of the field catching the ball, and that's that, that falls on linebackers. You know, zone, so you don't know exactly who's who's who. But, you know, I thought the coverage was was lacking. That being said, they're not going to see a guy like Christian McCaffrey anytime soon. I can't think of anyone else on the schedule who's going to uh, look like him, Jake. So, you know, let's see him. Let's see them against a, a uh, normal running back and see how they do in coverage. Yeah, and they'll get that next week, and we'll preview Thursday's game against the Patriots. The Jets' home opener Sunday, which uh, I hope to be going to, and it'll be good to be back at a Jets game again for the first time in a couple of years. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Patriots fans coming out to that game for sure. But going up against Mac Jones, who looked solid. Two, you know, rookie quarterbacks in the AFC East who had solid debuts in losing efforts. It should make for a great week to match up. Well, Kaz, have a safe flight back to New York. Glad you had Bojangles because you really can't make a trip down to Charlotte and not get it. It's basically KFC, but better, I think. You know, it's not like this iconic place, like you have to get it. But if you do like fried chicken, there's a little spice to it. Get your fixins on the side. They call them fixins. Go get those. If you do make a trip to Charlotte, it is worth getting because now Chick-fil-A is everywhere. So Chick-fil-A used to be the thing yes. there. Did you have Chick-fil-A as well or no? No, no, that used but I agree with you. That used to be like a destination place when you were in the South or even the Midwest had it. You know, but now, you know, there's one down the road for me in New Jersey. So no longer a destination for me on the road. And, you know, you're a true fat ass like me when I can tell you that the quality of the chicken at Chick-fil-A is better down there. When when I have it in New York, it's nowhere near as good as it is down in Charlotte, which is which is crazy. And it takes a true wow. large belly to an- analyze the quality of chicken <laughs> from Chick-fil-A on today's holiday cause, which is National Bald Day. I bet you didn't know that. Wow. Wow, so, I didn't know that, Jake. Shout out to didn't us. Know you know, shout out to all, all right. who have lost hair over the years there and uh, chose the other side of the way. We will go into the betting side of things this week and the fantasy side of things with the New York Post. Jeremy Layton next on Gangs All Here. All right, let's bring in now the New York Post, Jeremy Layton, to dissect a little betting action, a little fantasy action. If you listen to the show last year, you know that I love parlays, and Jeremy might refrain me. You're not a big parlay guy. Yeah, I had it in my Twitter profile for a little bit that I was an anti-parlay activist because it's just a losing play over time, and like, yeah, I don't know. I, you, you, if you want the big payout, everybody does, but it's just not smart. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta like rein you in a little bit, I guess. I do love a good parlay. We'll, we'll make those picks for Thursday's preview show. But, you know, week one, Jeremy, is a lot of overreactions. You know, a quarterback sucks. Cough, cough, Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Titans the team doesn't show up. The Titans. What were some of the biggest overreactions that you saw when it comes to betting in week one? Looking back on it, and this is kind of like moving forward, but I think the biggest overreaction that people are going to have is people being tricked into thinking the Texans aren't the worst team of all time because they beat the Jaguars at home against Urban Meyer against the quarterback's first game. Like the biggest overreaction. 
actually is going to come from the Texans because this happened last year. The Jaguars, everybody thought was going to be the worst team in the league. They beat the Colts week one and they lost 15 straight games. So I've already seen some live movement on the Browns game next week. They were up at 13. I think they're down to like 11 and a half right now. That could continue to go down and the Browns losing even though they did look good, might help a little bit. So I think we just kind of need to like think about hammering the Browns next week. I think we need to realize that, you know, the Texans are not a good team. Like everything we knew about this team, we thought we knew about this team was kind of flipped on its head this week, but I don't think that's going to stay the same. And then obviously, like, I think people are going to get really excited about the Cardinals, but we've kind of saw them get off to a really hot start last year. Kyler Murray also got off to a really hot start, but Cliff Kingsbury is not a great coach. That team is really inconsistent. So there could be kind of like some rebound there. Titans... I mean, it's like the first year with the new offensive coordinator. They, everything was kind of supposed to be the same. It obviously wasn't. Derrick Henry had like, what, like 50 rushing yards, and that's just not going to happen. And then the Packers, like Aaron Rodgers, he's had four games under a 50 PFF grade um, in his career. This is something I saw in PFF. In all four of the games after that, he's thrown four touchdowns. So let's not freak out too much about some of those teams. Give me some general kind of stuff that you saw against the spread. Underdogs, what kind of underdogs won? What do the home teams do? Give us some general against the spread week one stuff. Yeah, so some interesting uh, results from home teams. Uh, so first of all, home dogs were four and three at the, against the spread this week. Bengals, Texans, Lions, and Saints all covered. Um, three of those four won, actually. Um, a couple of them in convincing fashion. And home favorites were two and six against the spread. So like the Patriots, the Titans, the Falcons, the Bills, the Giants, the Chiefs all failed to cover. So, and that's kind of like a, I feel like in general, week one is kind of weird. It's kind of the week that everything, as we kind of just talked about, kind of gets flipped on its head and like things you thought you knew you didn't. So maybe the market's going to correct on some of these teams. That's kind of something you can't really look at in hindsight because that's just kind of something you kind of usually count on week one. Um, home dogs winning or covering at least and home favorites being a little overrated. But there is still some stuff you can look at next week to kind of look, capitalize on those trends a little bit. Also, another thing, like I think the Chiefs are still getting a little bit overrated in the market. Like there was that stretch last year where they didn't cover in seven straight games or something and they still won all those games. I think you're just going to have it's it's a little bit of a tough proposition to bet on the Chiefs just because the market respects them so much. And it's like hard to bet on them and win as they're a favorite. So some interesting trends that I kind of saw yesterday on the fantasy side. Let's go to fantasy because everyone loves fantasy. We got an extra week this year for people to play. What do we learn? You know, what are some player props that intrigued you? So I think we learned I was kind of like guilty of this a little bit. I faced Joe Burrow a little bit. I kind of thought that, you know, that situation wasn't great. Obviously, the injury he was coming back from was just kind of not something you want to invest heavily on on a guy who was coming off a serious knee injury. But the Bengals look fine and all their receivers look really good. Um, Jamar Chase looks like he can catch an NFL ball now. And this is kind of like a very similar kind of overreaction we were getting last year with Justin Jefferson. And then he shows up and is totally fine in the regular season. I, I was very nervous, you know, like start T. Higgins to start Jamar Chase. But those guys are pretty much locked and loaded going forward. We might want to see it one or two more weeks. Um, but the Bengals play the Bears next week and that secondary looked terrible. So I think you can kind of feel pretty comfortable about those right receivers i mean we learned a lot about you know kind of crappy secondaries titans were another one play the seahawks this week so you can tie lock at dk metcalf might be nice plays and then another thing like injuries you know jerry judy was going down uh raheem mostert went down we kind of should have expected raheem, uh, raheem mostert to get injured because that's kind of what he does every single year so yeah it's, it's just i thought we got of we got a little bit of the you know reality check going back into week one that injuries are such a really huge part of the game and you can put all the analysis you want in and just something could happen it all goes to nothing so yeah death taxes and your biggest fantasy players getting hurt in week one i mean it all lines up every year you lose someone i had most hurt i'm glad i didn't use one of my keepers as judy in dynasty league so 
We'll see how long Mostert is out. Jeremy Layton, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Layton with a zero instead of an O at the end there. Jeremy, we'll have some fun on Thursday's podcast as we make picks against the spread, and I'll give a parlay much to not your delight. I'll Thursday. see if I I might approve. Of it. Maybe we'll see. We'll see if we can get one together that we can both like possibly agree on. But no more than two teams. I can't allow a three team parlay in there. Oh, that's one of my favorites. A three team parlay. Come on, yeah, thirty dollars, three teams, win one fifty. Such a sucker bet. The worst yeah, sucker bet on the board. Always, never All do right, it. We'll so- we're going to keep track this year. Maybe we'll, we'll do a, a dinner bet of our own on who has the uh, better parlay pick of the week starting right, Thursday. Right. We'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. Right here on Gangs All Here. Catch that with Jeremy. That's his adios to episode 69. Nice. The Jason Fabini edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Brian Munguia for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write a nice review there. We appreciate it. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the Jets' home opener Sunday against the Patriots. Thanks for listening to Gangs All Here.